Good idea. Yeah. What'd you do that for? She was looking for someone to go to the show with. Well, that was really a stupid thing. You know what's gonna happen now? Worlds collide. What? Yeah. <laughs> because this world is your sanctuary, and if that world comes in contact... Yes, it blows up. So if you know that, what did you tell Elaine for? I didn't know. Kramer told me about the worlds. You couldn't figure out the world's theory for yourself? It's just common sense. Anybody knows you gotta keep your worlds apart. Yeah, I guess I slipped up. But I don't wanna be a secondary character. Worlds are colliding, Stephen. Worlds are colliding. You're killing independent Stephen. Uh, you're killing independent Ivan. Good. And oh, relationship Ivan, if he comes through that door, he will kill independent Ivan. Good. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So you'll... That way I can do the podcast on my own. <laughs> Take it in bold new directions. Oh, you sure will. Because mm. you are the star of the show. I'm just the sidekick. Apparently. <laughs> Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our beloved show. Wherever you are listening around the world, thank you once again. This is, our, what is that, our 51st episode ever? 51st episode. I can't believe we're still counting. I know. Yeah. I know, it's good. We uh, had our 50th episode last week, which was our live show, uh, which went really well. And uh, we released it as a normal podcast on our uh, on our feed, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, lo- lots of lots of love, lots of feedback, uh, good feedback. That's right. So <laughs> Positive he- reviews. So thank you very much for if you listened. Yeah, here's yeah. to the next fifty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cheers to that, huh? Indeed. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. We're on social media. Our handle is at bidwabask b i d w b a s c. We've got an email address bidwabaskpodcast at gmail dot com. Yes, and we also have a website. Bibabast.com. That's right. And we're available wherever you get your uh, podcasts. So Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. I think we're everywhere now. We're, we're truly ubiquitous. Yeah, we just we just leave our mark, don't That's we? That's right. And yep. if you want to listen uh, or subscribe or even review, that would be awesome. Yes. Now, Stephen, I'm going for a swim today, uh, but I'm not sure about the chlorine levels in the pool. I'm going to have to ask the pool guy... If he can, if he's cleaned it and he's put the right amount of chlorine in the pool. Better stay out of the deep end. Oh. What's in the deep end? Yeah, Kramer's like, what's in the deep end? You know what's in the deep end? What's that? Secondary characters. Indeed. And we have a few today. We have uh, the pool guy, Ramon. We also have a couple of other pool guys, Paul and Dustin, who's in one scene. And I've got a bit about uh, Russ Leatherman, Mr. Movie Phone. He uh, makes an appearance in the end of the episode. The real Mr. Movie Phone. The real Mr. Movie Phone. Hello, and welcome to Movie Phone. Yeah. When I first heard Kramer say, hello, I'm like, is he being a bit... Like sensitive? a bit racist? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Then, but then you hear the real Mr. Movie Phone guy, and you're like, oh, no, he's just copying him. Yeah, it's he's copying fine. him. Yeah, word for word. <laughs> yes. So, Stephen, some Seinfeld news? Yeah. Okay, so to kick off this week's Seinfeld news, we've got four things to go through. Uh, first one's a bit of a small thing, but uh, still worthwhile. A gaming website called The Sixth Axis, they reviewed a game, a new game called Sea of Thieves, and as I understand, it's a, is it MMORPG? Is that the, the acronym? Oh, Massively multiplayer like, online role-playing game? I thought it was like a first-person thing, but it, I, I think it's know. like RPG. Yeah. yeah. came out recently. Yeah, it's something to do with you have a ship and you go around conquering stuff. I don't know. Yeah, you're a, you become a pirate. Basically, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they, uh, the Sixth Axis... Uh, did a review of the game 
and uh, they compared it to Seinfeld for its lack of narrative or quote unquote meat. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's a game about nothing, basically. Yeah. Is it like you know Fortnite that came out? You know that shooting game? That, no, that I don't. Person? I'm not much of a gamer. I don't oh, know okay. much about games. Yeah, Fortnite's like a game about nothing. It's okay. just like going around shooting, but okay. there's no story. Okay. My yeah. my gaming knowledge or my gaming awareness ended with Counter-Strike oh, and like Quake 3. You haven't lived and there's been so many good games that have come out in yeah. the last 15, 20 years. But nothing will ever beat Duke Nukem 3D, so oh, yeah. you know, I just don't want to ruin that peak I had as a gamer in the 90s. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> Shake it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds like Alton Bennis. Oh, he does. <laughs> Shake it. <laughs> Shake it, baby. <laughs> fair fair game, the erotic novel. <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> you, well, you boys can handle a bit of spice, can't you? <laughs> uh, we did cover Alton in our 49th episode two weeks ago uh, when we talked about the jacket. So go back and have a listen to me, basically. <laughs> worship, Become- worship. A pretty horrible person. Yeah, but you, you were such a fanboy. That's right. Yeah. Second bit of news. So Bloomberg put out an article comparing Facebook to George Costanza. Uh, Costanza. So a lot of Seinfeld comparisons this week. And they know all the public toilets and where they are, right? Yeah. Is that what it, it is? <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. I don't know why Bloomberg would cover that, but why not? Maybe it's the best toilets in all the financial firms around the oh, world. Maybe. You know, <laughs> like on Wall Street, like with best toilets of Wall Street yeah. or something, you know. The golden toilets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's like an expose on all the private executive bathrooms <laughs> yeah. and just how lush and, uh, you know, over the top yeah, there. Yeah, lots of plants and, you know, mosaics, that That's sort right. of thing. Very fancy, rich things that yeah. I'll never have yeah. in my bathroom. Yeah. Uh, so the reason they compared, uh, well, the reason they did an article and um, uh, comparing Facebook to George Costanza, uh, they referred to the episode The Opposite, which is well known, uh, you know, where George becomes an actual human being. Yeah, which we uh, have not covered as yet. No, so, we uh, haven't. Hopefully we get to that, you know, eventually. Eventually we will. Yeah. We're only about, we were discussing in the car on the way over that we're about a quarter of the way through the episode. So we've been doing this for over a year now, but we're still uh, 25% of the way through the whole series. So yeah, crazy. lots to uh, to cover and look forward to. Yeah. Yep. So uh, the article was basically in response to the uh, much publicized Cambridge Analytica controversy. Oh yeah. Big story, wasn't it? That's right. So. So, in case you didn't know, they're a data analysis company, I think, based in the mm-hmm. UK. Yeah. And uh, they took a whole bunch of Facebook user data and used it to manipulate and all sorts of things, uh, the, you know, elections all around the world. So, yeah, pretty pretty controversial and a lot of people are unhappy. Yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. Uh, but, but then again, I guess if it's a free service and you give your information, what do you yeah. expect? Yeah. You're, you are the product. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. What what do they say? If um, if it's for free, you're the product. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Did you? Yeah, okay. something, something. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're just paraphrasing what I just said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, the reason they compared Facebook uh, to George Costanza, not only because of that, but throughout the article, they they listed a whole bunch of examples over the last few years of sort of major screw-ups, you know, on, on Facebook's part, like big public screw-ups. And uh, they basically said that, George, you know, they have to adopt George Costanza's philosophy of doing everything the opposite <laughs> if they want to turn around their, their sort of PR disaster, which is what they're currently in. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, millions of people are uh, getting off Facebook every week. Yeah. Millions, they reckon. Yeah. That's heaps. Yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of peaked at 2 billion subscribers. Mm. I mean, you can't really go much further than that. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's this critical mass and then it's just down from there. So, uh, third article. So, uh, website bustle.com. I think this is the most interesting for the week. This is my favorite for the week. So bustle, bustle, bustle. Bustle.com. It's sort of a pop culture uh, website. So, um, they put out an article covering a little Twitter conversation uh, that happened sort of just accidentally among friends and Seinfeld fans. And the point of the article was to talk about these people on Twitter 
and they were sort of hypothesizing who, uh, which characters from Seinfeld and Friends would vote or not vote for Trump. Oh boy! So they went. Here we go. Yeah, they went through uh, each character and decided whether they would or wouldn't vote for Trump. And what's the outcome for this one? Yeah. Well, just before I get into it, <laughs> the reason that the reason this conversation started on Twitter is because of the recent uh, Roseanne reboot. Oh yeah, eighteen million viewers in yeah, the US. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty decent. Not bad. Not bad. So the real Roseanne Barr is a Trump supporter. Yeah, that's right. And uh, she wrote her character. Roseanne in the new series as a Trump supporter as that's well, right. and her sister I think's a she's a uh, Democrat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sort of creates a bit of tension between them. So yeah, um, and you know, people then said, well, you know, who out of like basically popular '90s sitcoms who would vote for Trump or not? <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll go through a few. Like, you know, a lot of people had different ideas of who would and who wouldn't. Yeah, but sure, sure. Some of my favorite were um, Joey would vote for Trump purely because he's dumb and uninformed. Yeah, you know, he he has no he, he doesn't know what's going on, <laughs> and because Trump says simple things and you know easy to latch onto i guess yeah uh rachel uh sorry ross wouldn't vote because ross is a scientist and he likes reason whereas you know trump is not the best friend of science i guess no um rachel would vote for trump because she's a privileged white woman, oh jeez you know and uh um, <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover huh it's not me. It's Twitter. Uh, and uh, they didn't really talk about Monica um, or Chandler or who's the other one? Le- uh, Phoebe. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, Phoebe would vote for Hillary. You know, yeah, I reckon she's she pretty would. Democrat. No, I reckon, um, I reckon Monica would vote for like Jill Stein. You know, okay. like one of the Greens or, the, yeah. you know, like the small independents. Yeah. You only get like 2% of the vote. True. It'd yeah. probably, or maybe like, I reckon Joey would probably tick the wrong box. Yeah, I reckon he'd probably like. I'm just going into for Trump. a dummy vote. Yeah, and then it'd be like, oh, Jill Stein. Damn, she sounds hot. Vote for her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love beers. Stein's yeah. a beer. Yeah, hey, that's it. True. That's it, Stein. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good take. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's. I reckon Joey would would literally he tick the wrong box. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Who yeah. would who would Chandler vote for? I think he'd abstain from voting. Okay, I don't think he'd vote. Yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, I never thought about that. Who would just not vote at all? Yeah, I think that's fair. What about the Seinfeld crew? Yeah, so they... I think I have an idea of who they'd vote for. Well, they didn't say individually who would vote for, uh, you know, a specific party. They all said that they would all deny deny voting for Trump, but secretly they all would have done it for their own selfish reasons. Ah, right. I know Kramer definitely would, because Trump's really into, like, you know, the deep state conspiracies. That's true, actually, yeah. You know, crooked Hillary, that sort of stuff. Yeah, he would would buy right into that. He would buy... He'd watch, like, Infowars and... Yeah, I reckon he'd he'd be that kind of person. That's true. Kramer actually. would definitely vote for. He'd Trump, have his 100%. own conspiracy podcast if he was a real person. He would. Yeah. In 2018. What's the deal with life? <laughs> what's in the deep end? <laughs> what's in the yeah? What's in the deep state? What's in the deep state? <laughs> yes. So their own selfish reasons would be: Jerry wants to date a Republican woman, so he only votes for Trump to date a Republican woman. Of course. George wants to please Steinbrenner. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Steinbrenner would probably be like a conservative. Yeah. Far yeah, right. Yeah, guy. probably. Yeah. Uh, Elaine does it despite left-wing protesters who were protesting outside of a window and preventing oh, her from sleeping. That's Elaine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'd do it in spite of yeah. other people. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, her. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kramer accidentally does it after his Google Glasses malfunction. <laughs> Google. Oh, yeah, because remember Google Glasses, they can, yeah. they were like in prototype yeah. developer mode and then they just failed. Yeah. 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 So Kramer would have been like the early adopter. Yeah. And then it's just like... Yeah. Ceased to exist. Yeah, yeah. He, he probably would have had a potential uh, modeling gig 
for Google Glasses and, you know, it went wrong, but he got a free pair. Yeah, and, and they just um, don't work. Yeah, they malfunctioned and he, he looked at the ballot paper wrong and voted for, for Trump by accident. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah. like so frustrated. Arr. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a fun little um, thing that happened in a, in a good article. So oh, that's good. we got to put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah we will put all of our uh, news links in our, in our show notes. So Great. The final one, and this only came out yesterday, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I talked about how Jason Alexander was making an appearance uh, as Mr. Lundy in the new sitcom uh, Young Sheldon, yep. which is a spin-off of The Big Bang Theory, uh, covers yeah. uh, Sheldon as a youngster. I remember you mentioned that. Yeah. 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 Um, so the episode aired over the weekend, um, I believe Saturday night in America. Um, not sure where you can see it here in, in Australia or anywhere else. Uh, and uh, I watched the scene of him. Um, he was he was only in one or maybe two scenes, and uh, his character, Mister Lundy, is a drama teacher who has a big impact on on Sheldon's life. Um, and it was okay. He just plays like a like a typical thespian type teacher. Yeah, loves yeah. drama. Right. I don't know. It was it was fine. Like it was good to see Jason doing stuff. You know, that's always a bit of a, a bit of a kick. Didn't he have his sitcom recently about him, his family in an RV? Yeah. I wonder how that the Canadian was it a Canadian show? No, uh, it was, no, it was on American. It was on a Canadian channel, wasn't it? It was it was produced by a Canadian company. I ah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. He was the sort of patriarch of a family. Um, and he was trying to almost like the um, what are they called? David Cassidy's family. Oh, uh, the well, no, the show that David Cassidy was on, the Partridge Family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weren't they like a singing? Yeah, singing traveling band, kind of like, family band, kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. But he was trying to like he was going from town to town, and they were trying to make it. Ah. Um, and you know the show was just about them on the road being a family. I guess. Yeah. There you go. Um, a very yeah. tired old formula. Probably, yeah. yeah. I haven't actually watched it. So, um, yeah, that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Excellent, Stephen. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, when we come back, we'll have a very short break. We're going to talk about The Pool Guy from Season 7. From Mongolia to Melbourne, you're on Bidwabask. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Bidwabask. Uh, we've gone through some Seinfeld news and Ivan's going to tell us the plot of this week's episode, The Pool Guy. Yeah, Season 7, Episode 8. First aired in the US, November 16, 1995, directed by Andy Ackerman and written for the very first time by David Mandel. This is his first script. Cool. Uh, this episode was dedicated to Rick Bolden. He was uh, one of the musicians who worked on the Seinfeld theme song. I saw that. Yeah, so uh, RIP, man. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Elaine becomes friends with Susan. Uh, Jerry meets his pool guy, Ramon, played by Carlos and Jackot. Outside a movie theatre, Jerry gets annoyed when Ramon tries to befriend him. George is worried about Elaine wanting to get to know Susan. Worlds are colliding! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kramer's new phone number is similar to the movie phone line, and when he begins to receive several wrong numbers, he begins to give out movie showtime information while he poses as Mr. Movie Phone. I've got time. I've got time, yeah. And it's funny because Kramer's like the only guy the only person in the world who would actually do this. Yeah. You know, like no sane person would just be like, oh, here's the movie times. Yeah. It's like, oh, wrong number. Call 555 film. Yeah. Not filk. Yeah, and he would, yeah. Cha- he would change his number again straight away when he realised that he's getting all these film calls. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes, you know, I, I realised when I was watching this episode just before we recorded um, that, you know, it, it once again proves that, that Kramer is by far the nicest of the... You know, he's got. Oh, I've got time. I'm happy to help people. Mm. You know, even though they've got the wrong number, he's still taking a bit of time out of his day to yeah. to give them some information that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Kramer's by far the nicest. Oh yeah, it's definitely a very, uh, you know, very nice thing he's doing. Definitely. Yeah, and it's funny because you know I haven't seen the pool guy for ages, and I was like, 
oh, this is the movie phone episode. Yeah, yeah. this is the one. And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Definitely yeah. the better plot line out of uh, out of yeah, out of the episode. Yeah, a movie phone was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, I like the George one as well. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, the pool guy, I think it was a bit weak. Yeah, but you know, yeah. There had to be, uh, I guess, MacGuffin, who's the pool guy. That's you know, it. It's like a plot device. Yeah, we'll talk about him a bit later. Yeah, we will. Uh, Jerry turns down Ramon's offer of friendship, with Ramon getting upset, thinking that Jerry doesn't like him because he cleans pools. When Ramon gets his health club job back, he decides to get even with Jerry. George ends up going to Reggie's alone after seeing the other three and Susan having lunch at Monk's, proving that his worlds are colliding. Relationship George. Independent George. If Forty I, George. Forty George. Liar George. I love that George. Yeah. The George you know will cease to exist. <laughs> so good. A lot of quotable lines in this episode. Oh, it's great. I, one of, I reckon it's one of George's finest moments. Yeah, definitely. The bull guy. Yep. Yeah, definitely. He's got a lot of fine ones, but this is yeah. one of his good ones. Uh, Jerry causes Ramon to fall into the pool after he pulls Ramon in by yanking the cleaning pole. And Newman knocks Ramon unconscious after diving into the pool on top of him. Ali, Ali, oxen free. No. <laughs> <laughs> Newman and Jerry are banned from the health club for failing to resuscitate Ramon. He's uh, saved by other people later on. Don't worry, he doesn't die. It's I all like, good. I like Elaine's line when they're uh, getting the movie tickets. He goes, three tickets, please. Two adults and one child. Surely <laughs> you can't show your face there ever again. Oh, no, no. We, our that memberships are revoked. We can't go near that place. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like, yeah. if you don't help resuscitate. Yeah. But you think there would have been, like, I know it's all part of the plot and stuff, but you think there would have been a lifeguard? Like, in real Maybe. life. Like, not in Seinfeld land, but... There would be after that. Oh, after that. <laughs> it's just, and it's funny, like, Newman and Jerry, like, Jerry would rather, like, not, you know, have his mouth touch another man's mouth. He would, he would rather let a man die than not, you know have his lips contact another man's lips is yeah it's that's, another, it's that's another, a low point that's another low point in jerry's uh, top, arc top top or bottom depending on how you uh look at it uh low moments for or you know top or bottom 10 low moments for oh, jerry absolutely and newman yeah yeah like the strong box when he tries to dig up fredo's grave yeah you know i would say that this is worse i'd I say about yeah it. you just leave him to die i mean digging up a treasured pet's pretty pretty horrible but yeah. um letting a man die because you're a, you know basically homophobic it's like yeah uh, and even Newman he's in the same boat as well even yeah. Newman's like because Jerry's like he could die yeah and Newman's like uh, yeah yeah it's like, like how they try to shift blame he's like you knocked him out and he goes yeah but you pulled him in the pool it's like who cares save his bloody life yeah exactly Ugh. oh man <laughs> definitely uh you're definitely in a, you know one of the one of the lower moments for for for, for the whole show. Yeah, I I, I, I don't darker know just, moments. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what to say. Mm. <laughs> oh, well. uh, so George looks for the group at the theater when they go see Channel, uh, but he realizes he's in the wrong cinema. There's also a 9 p.m. too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Gets a popcorn thrown at him. Yeah, so good. Uh, he's later carried out of the theater after Susan decides to break off her friendship with Elaine. You guys just talk all the time. Uh, in the end credits, the real Mr. Movie Phone, Russ Leatherman, confronts Kramer outside of his apartment door. And it's actually the real Mr. Movie Phone. And Russ Leatherman, he's the real guy. Yeah, it's the the voiceover's him, but the actor isn't. No. Yeah. So the good. The actor's just some random guy. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's really good. Fantastic. Yeah. Very well done. Other secondaries in this episode include Billy Williams. He plays one of the ushers who, uh, you know, restrains George and <laughs> throws him out of the theatre at the end. And Alec Mapper and Don McGilly, they're the two, uh, two other pool guys, Paul and Dustin. That's right. And Tell uh, Ramon we said hi. Yeah. It must be some kind of 
network for the pool guys. Yeah, I don't probably know. Probably close. I guess we'll talk about it in a sec, but yeah, they're yeah. probably just all close mates. Uh, two other secondaries that uh, do appear in this episode are Susan, George's uh, late fiance. And Newman, George's, uh, sorry, Jerry's mortal enemy, who we have done individual episodes on. Yeah. So we won't talk about them too much in no. this episode. Yeah, because I did mention them in the plot, yeah. Newman and Susan. That's it. Yeah. A bit of trivia about the episode. So this episode won Best Episodic Comedy at the Writers Guild of America Awards yeah. in 1996. And like I mentioned, first time script writer, David Mandel, for, for Seinfeld anyway. This was his first episode he penned. Yep. His first script, and he won an award. Hmm. A major industry award. So uh, well done, David. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another bit of trivia, it's kind of one of my, you know, nerdy details that I like seeing in the background but when uh, you see Kramer giving the movie listings both times in the middle and at the end if you look carefully in the background and you pause it you can actually see his past to sculptures yeah that's right from the Fusilli Jerry you can see the Fusilli Jerry yeah 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 um, he's got about four or five of them lined up I know you so can't good. see the rea- uh, the ravioli Kramer but um or is it the ravioli George no it's the ravioli George is it I George think, yeah. yeah you can't see the ravioli George but you can definitely see the Fusilli uh, Jerry and there's the one you know, there's, I saw the past that looks like a trivial pursuit piece okay you know the one where it's like got wedges it's like a round oh, one it's got yeah, wedge. yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, i forgot the name if you know the name of that pasta let us know yeah <laughs> pizza kind of looks like pizza yeah it looks like a pizza pasta <laughs> yeah whatever and I, I imagine the sauce would go into like the, the holes yeah it's like ah oh, so that'd tasty it'd be, be pretty good it would be good um and also the film on the screen when george tries to find the gang it's not actually channel because channel's one of many fake movie names that Seinfeld yeah. uses. Uh, it's actually Death Blue. Death Blue, Firestorm. It's actually a, a clip from The American President, a film starring Michael Douglas. Okay. And it turns out that Castle Rock Entertainment actually produced the film, so they actually were able to get the rights to the film ah, quite easily. Yeah. That's pretty easy. Yeah, very easy. So pretty cheap. It makes sense. Probably the most interesting bit of trivia for this episode. So Ramon was originally going to be played by a guy named Danny Hock or Hoke. That's right, yeah. Uh, he is a performance artist and I guess an actor. Um, he he Initially he objected to the portrayal of uh, Ramon, his original character, because he thought it was ethnic stereotyping. Um, and he, he basically asked, you know, Jerry and the producers, why can't he be played by a Latino guy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, he, you know, his, his request basically went unlistened to, um, I believe, Jason and Julia. They were supportive of his, I guess, his, his issues. Michael basically told him to keep his mouth shut and just get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he went back to his hotel room and he was fired. Yeah, he got that's a call. Right. He went back to his hotel room, he got a call, and they basically said, don't come back. Yeah, and production of the episode was delayed a week while they cast his replacement. Yeah. And he actually, he uh, documents his experiences. He did a one-man show in the year 2000 yep. called Jails, Hospitals, and Hip Hop, yep. where he talks about his experience. Yeah. Yeah, very good point, though. I mean, like, well, I guess these days you'd hire Latino actors and actresses. Yeah. Well, I guess it just makes sense. It's yeah. like... Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, asking because I think Danny Hawk. I think we talked about this before. I'm pretty sure Danny Hawk is non-Latino. Okay. So that's his his argument was basically, why should non-Latinos play yeah. straight Latino, like you know straight edge Latino characters, whereas the Latino actors mm. they play like the stereotypes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yep. like why don't they just play the straight edge characters? Yeah, that's right. Know? It's yep. a bit unfair. That was his kind of. That was his point. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. He just had an issue. Is like, well, I'm I'm not Latino. I'm being cast to play a Latino character. Why don't you just hire a Latino actor? Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think he would have had a problem if uh, Ramon wasn't originally supposed to be... If he was just, you know, a non-Latino guy, he yeah, would have been yeah. fine with it. But, yeah. yeah and I, <laughs> Instead of Ramon, he'd be called Raymond. Raymond, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not it. Raymond. Yeah, so that's interesting. <laughs> not that Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Deborah. Oh, Deborah. <laughs> I, I hate that show You've so mentioned much. many times. Oh, he's yeah. just such a sook. <laughs> Shut up. Man baby. Man baby. Total man baby. Yeah, so uh, like Ivan mentioned, his uh, one-man show 
uh, where you can see him talk about this whole uh, situation. It's called Jails, Hospitals and Hip Hop. But it was part of a uh, documentary series called Race is the Place. And I think it, it's like a series covering racial stereotypes and yeah, racism yeah. within entertainment, TV, movies, etc. So, uh, yeah, if you can check it out, I'm sure it would be really interesting. It sure would be. And uh, should we talk about Ramon? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So Ramon, he was eventually played by Carlos Jackot, uh, known for appearing in the films Gross Point Blank, Fun with Dick and Jane and Being John Malkovich. And he's also uh, plays a podiatrist in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, cool, cool. Ramon, oh, sorry. You were I was going to say he also appeared in Third Rock from the Sun, which is one <laughs> yeah. of my favourite shows. So oh, I, I had nice. to mention that. I love that show. John Lithgow, great yeah, guy, great show. And uh, Ramon, the character, is seen in the finale as well. Yes, he's it's a uh, deleted scene. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I tried to find it on YouTube. I couldn't. Nah, me either. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, apparently he talks about how Jerry left treated him. Dying. Yeah, left <laughs> basically. Yeah, 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 which is a pretty good. Uh, That's a very good argument. Yeah, it, it shows like what kind of character Jerry really is. Yeah, if you just leave someone to die yeah. for the sake of your hygiene. That's it. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he works uh, as a pool cleaner at uh, the gym that Jerry's just joined called Physique. That's right. And I think pool guys or pool people, pool cleaners, whatever you, you like to call them these pool days. Attendance pool attendants. Pool attendants. The, the job title. They have an extremely important role. Mm. They actually, one of the main tasks is you have to actually check the pH, pH levels ah. in the pool. So what happens is, like, obviously, if you put too much chlorine in, mm-hmm. because, you know, chlorine kills the bacteria mm. in the water. Mm. If you put too much chlorine, it can cause breathing problems, skin problems for the swimmers. But if you put too little chlorine, there's too much bacteria. Yep. People can get infections. Mm. So the pool guy, one of his responsibilities, as well as cleaning the pool, is a bit of, like, chemistry involved as well, like using chemicals and yeah. making sure that the pH levels are, are just right. Just, so it's enough a very... to make, just enough to make your eyes sore and your skin stink. Exactly. You're all like Millhouse and The Simpsons. Yeah. You know, they put too much chlorine. He's just look <laughs> like green looking yeah, yeah so yeah. good <laughs> yeah so um yeah very important for the pool guys the pool guys have a big responsibility not right? all heroes wear capes no but they have cleaning poles that's it <laughs> but all heroes yeah. wear white polo t-shirts tucked into shorts exactly yeah i straight off the bat he reminded me of banya Total Punisher. Oh, Punisher, yeah. Total definitely. just latches onto Jerry and yeah. is very annoying. And he happens to be like in the neighborhood. Yeah. And he goes to see Jerry. Yep. And I reckon you're probably wondering why, how did he get Jerry's number? He probably looked through the records of like the members. Yeah. You're probably like, oh, what's Jerry's number? I bet you it wasn't, uh, I bet you it wasn't like an impromptu thing. No. I bet you it was planned. I think the the running into him at the movies was a genuine run in. Yeah. And then that after was, that, yeah. because, you know, he went out with them afterwards and had coffee for a couple of hours. I think he thought automatically, oh, now we're best mates. Yeah. And it's totally appropriate for me to, to sort of basically stalk him. Yeah. You know, make yeah. it look like he, he wasn't. Um, yeah. Very, very overbearing and very desperate. Yeah. 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 Until, until um, he wasn't saved by Jerry and Newman. Didn't really like him. And then after that, I'm like, okay, well, Jerry and Newman are the worst people now. Yeah, they are. You know. I think Ramon, he just wants friends. Yeah. I think as well from... Look, I know it's it's just... In the context of the episode, we'll talk about Paul and Dust and the other pool guys. I think the pool guys in the Seinfeld universe are like in their own kind of clique. Okay. I think they're kind of all, you know, they talk about pools and chemical, like chlorine. I reckon they've got like their own kind of niche kind of friend circle. Okay. But I think Ramon, he wanted to kind of get out of it. And also Ramon trying to enter the Core Fours world is mirrored by Susan trying to enter the Core Fours world. That's true. So in this episode... Ramon and Susan would inadvertently try and enter the Core Four's world. Both were rejected. Or one rejected the Core Four and then one was rejected. One by the was core rejected four. by the Core Four, yeah. And also Elaine trying to befriend Susan. Mm. Obviously George's George says that can't happen. Both mm. worlds, you know, because Jerry's apartment, like they mentioned, is his sanctuary and then his house his apartment with Susan is like his relationship life. What does Kramer do? Yeah, 
<laughs> and his sandwich just goes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch that scene carefully, uh, Jerry's flinch is really good yeah. when, when Kramer smashes He doesn't expect Kramer just, just to goes, go back. Yeah. Moves back. So good. But yeah, no, I, I like how Ramon's attempt to try and enter Jerry's world mm. is mirrored by Susan attempting to join Elaine's world. And Jerry and Elaine's world is essentially the four of them. That's the true. main four. Mm. Yeah. I never thought of that. Mm. Yeah. So I, I really, really interesting. And, uh, and and Jerry makes a good point. When he gets off at the subway at the station, he's like, I only have room for three friends. Yeah. I can't have another one. Yeah. No. I, um, I, I felt that he was a bit insecure about his job. I think he is a bit embarrassed by being a pool guy because he automatically assumes that Jerry doesn't want to be his friend because he's a pool guy. And that's not Jerry's motivation. He just finds <gasps> annoying i found it the opposite i think he's proud to be a pool guy okay i reckon he really relishes his job but i think he he probably looks at like other jobs and mm. thinks oh pool guy is probably to other people low but i take okay. pride in my work that's oh, the so, way i so saw he's him. okay with it but he thinks that other people aren't yeah oh, he's yeah. like i i like doing what i do okay and then other people he thinks oh you're a comedian you think pool guys are just yeah. like cleaners or right you know like people who are perceived as lower which they're not like Everyone need we need cleaners, we need pool guys. Yeah. You know, they need someone's gotta do the job. Indeed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's the way I mean, that's my perspective, but it, your perspective makes sense too. Maybe he thinks it's like a lowly job as well. But to me he seems like he's very full of pride. He's like Banya. Like mm. you mentioned Banya. Yeah, he's Punisher. quite upbeat and he's like very upbeat. I reckon he he relishes his job. Okay. And when he gets his health club job back. Yeah, he's you know, pretty, he wants, he wants happy to, about it. Yeah, and he wants to exact revenge on Jerry. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, yeah. I just find that he has, uh, I guess he's, he seems a bit emotionally insecure. Like, he's very okay. He's very childish towards Jerry. Like, yeah. fair enough if you're a bit upset if, if you want to befriend someone and they sort of rebuff you. Okay, that might be a bit upsetting or, yeah. uh, you know, frustrating or you just, you know, you're confused and like, well, what did I do? But when he, when he, I mean, he, he just sort of reacts in childish ways by trying to put the uh, the pool cleaner in front of him and taking his towels. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a bit of a baby. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. He just, I just thought he was a bit of a, bit of a sook. He's a bit like a more aggressive version of Joel Hornick from Mal Unbonding. You know, yep. Mal, you know, Joel was more, you know, he was more passive mm. in terms of like, you know, how upset he was when Jerry said he didn't want to hang out with him. Yeah. Whereas like people like Ramon mm. would want to take their revenge and like physically like yeah attack him yeah you know what I mean true. it's like he he wants he's very vindictive he kind of wants to take his revenge yeah whereas Joel if you know when Jerry says I don't want to be your friend he starts crying mm. it's not like he'll say I'm going to get you back Jerry yeah you know what I mean yeah that's true yeah yeah they both deal with reje- they're both similar kind of people but they both uh, you know they both want to latch on to Jerry even though Jerry makes it quite obvious that he doesn't feel the same way but they both deal with rejection differently yeah yeah uh, did you like Ramon? I I did. I okay. think uh, yeah. No, I, I liked him as a character. I okay. thought he was good, a good one-off character. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think basically, like you mentioned, you know, when Newman and Jerry leave him to die. Yeah. You know, if someone leaves you to die and you find out, you're like, oh, I don't want to know you. Piss yeah. off. Yeah. You know, it's pretty. You're horrible. out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm sure he would have relished being in the uh, finale. Mm. When he saw them get sentenced, he was his, probably his, like, his, yeah. true, his true chance for revenge. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm done. not just going to take your towels away and put a pool cleaner in front of you. I'm going to, you know, help you get put in jail. Yeah, and they do. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should probably talk about the other pool guys, Paul and Dustin. Yeah, Paul and Dustin. Uh, Paul's played by Alec Mapper. He's appeared in films You Don't Mess With the Zohan, which I remember him in, actually. He was a hairdresser, I think. Okay. Uh, Marley and Me and Playing by Heart. Uh, Dustin, he's played by Dom McGilly, uh, known for 50 First Dates, American Street Fighting, and Much Ado About Nothing. Okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I like I mentioned, like in Seinfeld land, like not real life, but in Seinfeld land, I think the pool guys kind of have their own clique. Yep. So, Paul and Dustin, they say, oh, you know, say hi to Ramon 
for me. You know, I think they've probably worked with him for ages mm. and uh, they're all proud of what they do. Yeah. And it's like the pool guys are kind of seen as like their own, yeah, like I said, their own kind of section. Yep. You know, and they just hang out amongst themselves. Yep. Yeah. And they I probably, think they, they have... probably don't like eat lunch with the rest of the staff. They go out and, yeah, they, know, in the chemical room or something. Yeah. In the janitor's closet yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, have eat lunch. The only notes that I have about Paul and Dustin, and this might be a bit harsh, but I've got <laughs> I've got Ramon as Punisher 1, Paul as Punisher 2, and Dustin as Punisher 3. I think to non-pool people, they're Punishers. Yeah. But I think amongst themselves, they're not Punishers. Okay. They're just like, you know, birds of a feather, feather flock True. together. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They kind of, when you said, um, you know, Ramon was trying to break free, I never thought of that. Kind of reminds me of, you know, it's a bit of a cliche in kind of 80s and 90s uh, high school films where you've got the nerdy kids who play Dungeons and Dragons or whatever the, the sort of stereotype is and one of them wants to hang out with the cool kids. Yeah, you know, like it's like that. Yeah, he's not trying to abandon his friends. He's just trying to, you know, increase his social circle. That's what I think Ramon did. Yeah. But I think Paul and Dustin are so insular. They're still within their group. Mm. I don't think they've kind of made an effort to kind of... You know, because they say, "Oh, you're hanging out with Ramon." Yeah, you're seeing Ramon. Like maybe they're happy that Ramon's taking the next step. Okay, you know, they're probably like, "Oh, maybe yeah. Ramon's the leader," and they're happy that he's sort of, you know, creating new opportunities for them. To, yeah, so to hang out with uh, different people. Yeah, exactly. Especially semi-famous comedians. But again, this isn't like real life. So if you're a pool guy in real life, yeah. this isn't like for real. I'm talking about in the context of Seinfeld. Yeah, we're, not, we're not knocking yeah. pool guys. Nah, pool you guys. Know, I've swum in lots of pools, and they've all been clean thanks yeah. to all the pool people thanks, out there. Thanks to the pool cleaners. Yeah, indeed, you need them. They're like a mechanic or, yeah. you know, doctor, I yeah. guess. <laughs> They're very important. They're pool doctors. They're pool doctors. Indeed. They keep pools healthy. They do. You know, they make sure there's not enough... Ba- or they make sure there's not too much bacteria. That's it. You know, they, they keep them warm. And they make sure your skin doesn't melt off from the excess chlorine. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Very important people. Indeed. Any but, other notes? Uh, no, not about those three. Um, I do have uh, some notes about Mr. Movie Phone. Yeah, as do I. Uh, played by movie critic Russ Leatherman. He's also the co-founder of Movie Phone. And uh, people from outside of the US, probably, like, especially in Australia, probably, we never use Movie Phone. No. Like, we don't know what it is. Movie Phone is a legitimate company. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find I find really interesting that they used, like, an actual real-life movie sessions phone number, but a lot of the movie titles were fake. Yeah. I love that juxtaposition. Yeah. You know, it's cool. like, they could have just used, like, a fictional one or, like, a parody of Movie Phone, but yeah. they're like, no, we're going to use Movie Phone. Yeah. It's just interesting how, like, sometimes they use, like, real-life products. And then, and then sometimes they make up their own. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true, actually. Particularly, like, films and TV shows, they yeah. make them up. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, he um, he founded Mr. Mo- or Movie Phone, and he was actually the voice of Mr. Movie Phone in real life. Yeah, so he was one of five or maybe six founders, um, and he sort of became the voice and the face uh, of the phone. Yep. Uh, sorry, of the company. So in 2014, they discontinued the dial-in aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and now it's basically an app and a website. No, oh, um, well, kind of like in Fandango the, in the modern day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and the company was purchased by AOL during the dot com boom. Eighty-eight million dollars yeah, during the dot com boom, nineteen ninety-nine. I know. Yeah, that's a huge amount of money. Massive. Uh, he's known for his trademark greeting, "Hello." And welcome to Movie Phone. Yeah. Uh, and the greeting has been parody- parodied on hundreds of shows. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of just a, 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 a like a ubiquitous generational catchphrase. Especially in American culture. Like yeah. not, not really in Australian. We, we had, I remember in the 90s and stuff calling up, you know, you either look in the newspaper or if you didn't have one, if I didn't have one at home, because mum and dad didn't really read newspapers too much. Yeah, right. If there wasn't one in the newspaper, you'd call up the... the um, the movie line yeah but it wasn't a sort of a voice that you knew it was just a, a dull recorded yeah, voice yeah that's like, right coming to cinemas this week is Armageddon I remember that Deep yeah. Impact or whatever it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't very distinguished or um, not even 
distinguish you know what i mean like it wasn't memorable mm. you know it was just a like some probably some 14 year old kid one of the ushers at the at the cinema you know record the voices coming this week to cinemas uh blah 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 i remember the voices yeah. to be like a young person just, you could like tell a... like they just couldn't give any less of a shit yeah they like, don't care coming this week is deep impact or armageddon or i don't know some movie about a comet and shit <laughs> just come and see it it's like 10 bucks or eight bucks or i don't know just yeah. go away a uh, tight ass tuesdays tight ass tuesdays five bucks five bucks <laughs> whatever six bucks, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah those are the days <laughs> yeah we need an enthusiastic movie phone guy yeah but i i you know, I, I haven't looked at, at, at a keypad for eight, like, you know, from a phone. Mm. Are the letters K and M? No, isn't it J-K-L-M-N-O on will, a phone? I will tell you. Yeah, I'm curious because I'm like, I thought K, it was like K-L-M, but I think it's... Yeah, so... What is it? So, Kramer's number is... 555 3345, which yeah. is Filk. 3 is F, 4 is I, 5 is L-K. yeah. But M is the next letter. M yeah. is the first letter on it's six. six. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why. I was like, how do they... And I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. That makes perfect yep. sense. Pretty... Um, Jerry's pretty sharp to look at that and figure that out. Because, you know, like Kramer tells him his number. And he goes, oh, okay. And he looks at his keypad on his phone. And then he goes, oh, it's 55. Like, to just figure that out within three seconds, Jerry's pretty pretty switched on. Well, you know, throughout the series, Jerry goes to see quite a few movies. He probably mm. uses movie phone all the time. That's true, actually. Films. So that's why he's probably like, 555 Filk. It's like one. That's true. But he knows he knows movie phone. I reckon he's a, a regular uh, movie phone user. Okay, that's true. Jerry. That's true. That's how he probably gets his uh, his times. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Do you have any notes about any other secondaries? No, nah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. The only other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, more of a curiosity than anything. Yeah. Uh, so one of the ushers who we mentioned before who escorts George out of the cinema right in the last scene just before the credits... He's played by an actor, uh, played by an actor by the name of Billy Williams. Yeah, not, not Billy D. Williams. No, that's no. what I thought it was at first. Yeah, because I typed in Billy Williams onto Google Image Search, and it came up with Billy D. Williams, and I'm like, I didn't see him. I didn't see Lando. I can try and find him. Yeah, the info for you. Well, I couldn't find anything. anything. IMDb, Google, nothing. Wikipedia, he's nothing. Just, he's off the map. Huh? There's no credits. He, maybe he deleted his Facebook account, like many other yeah. <laughs> people. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see, Billy Williams. I'm going to yeah. try and find it. Oh, I there's. I Google Billy Williams Seinfeld. Yeah. Second one on the list, Billy Martin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Billy Martin. That's good. Yeah. Oh, so good. So, if you know anything about Billy Williams, or if you are Billy Williams, get in touch. Yeah, please. Yeah. Reveal your mystery to us. Yeah, please. I mean, there's a baseball player called Billy Williams, yeah. and I imagine it's a pretty common name in the US. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Maybe he um changed his name because it's really William Williams. He's like that. That's a terrible name. Or Willie Williams. <laughs> Willie Williams. Williams Williams. Yeah, William Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did want to mention as well, um, I just wanted to touch on Susan in this episode because from memory, we didn't really talk a lot about this particular part of her character arc. No. In our What's the Deal? No. In that this is really the only time you see her making an effort to... She's always been on the periphery of the core four. That's right. Naturally. Yeah. But, you know, she doesn't really interact with them a lot um, when George isn't there. So I just thought it was like a, an important little addition to her character where you actually see her befriend, even though for a short while, Elaine. Yeah. And it just added a bit of depth to her character because usually her character is, you know, it's always involving George or, or her parents. Like it's never her in the core four. So, yeah. just, and I don't think we really touched on that in What's the Deal with uh, Susan Ross. And in many, many other sitcoms as well, like 
if that happened, Susan became part of the core four, she'd be upgraded to a main character yeah. in like later seasons. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have killed her off. Probably not. You know, in like other, I'm saying like not Seinfeld. Yeah. Seinfeld's the core four regardless. Yeah. 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 And then Ramon tries to make an effort as well. Yeah. But I can't recall a time where there's been any other characters who've tried to go into the core four's world from memory. I'm sure there's at least one. Oh, but I can't, can't, really, can't really think of any. Oh, Joel, I guess. Yeah. Uh, from Alan Bonding, sort of. I guess, yeah, I guess, I mean, because he sort of befriends Kramer. They, yeah. They, they connect through their love of conspiracy theories. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, he does hang out with George as well. Yeah, so I guess, but I don't think he tries to infiltrate the core four per se. He just sort of turns up. He turns up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't recall anyone trying to infiltrate the circle. No, there might no. be one or two characters if we really racked our brains. If you can think of any, let us know. Yeah, please. I'd be yeah. curious to know. So what do you reckon? Quick break and uh, we'll come back and wrap up? Indeed. You're listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of the greatest show of all time. I think he's going to need mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. <laughs> mouth-to-mouth? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, you knocked him out. Yeah, but you pulled him in. Wait. Nah. He might die. Yeah, maybe. Now, Stephen, we spoke about the pool guy, season seven, episode eight. Uh, out of the forty-two episodes we've done so far, uh, standard episodes, I guess. Where does the pool guy sit? So it's in my bottom half. Ah, okay. Uh, it sits at number thirty-one. Oh, okay. Out of forty-three standard episodes we've done of oh. the show. And how how come? Uh, other than the movie phone guy and George's scenes, I didn't really care for the episode. The Ramon Jerry thing, I just thought it was too similar to uh, Banya. Just too many similarities of someone that Jerry obviously doesn't want in his life. Like, they're very different people, but just the dynamic between the two, I just thought was a bit recycled. Yeah, okay. Um, and I just didn't really like Ramon as a character in terms of his comedic value. There was no... I just didn't find him funny or memorable. I was just like, yeah, like, yeah, like you know, he's a nice guy, I guess, but he no, was I just, felt sorry for him, yeah. uh, you know, because uh, he almost died through mm. the... You know, because of their neglect, but... Yeah, I don't know. And and even the, the Susan Elaine stuff, I just thought so much more could have been done with that. Yeah. I mean, that, that set up George losing his mind over his worlds colliding. Like, that was its purpose. But I just, it's kind of, you know, we talked about it before where they felt like there was, you know, 30 or 40% really strong material and the rest for me was just filler. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just wasn't consistently good. Fair enough. What for about you? Number 17. Oh, wow. For me, I saw it a different way with Ramon. I saw the fact that there were two entities who were trying to access the core four circle, mm. right? To become like the core five or six. You get a one-off character like Ramon who tries to enter Jerry's world, mm. which is the core four's world, as I've mentioned before. And you get someone established like Susan who tries to enter the world. And I think the message to me for this episode was, regardless of who you are, whether you're one of the core four's partners or whether you're just a one-off who you ran into one of the main four, you won't enter the circle. It's like, forbidden. Regardless, it's forbidden. Or you just go get like Susan, she rejected them. And then Ramon got rejected, like you mentioned before. I like that dynamic. I think that showed like that the core four is so insular. It's it's impenetrable. It's impenetrable. No one can ever enter it. And I really liked like seeing it from that perspective, I liked it. That's true. I liked how there was the juxtaposition 
between Ramon and Susan. You know, like I said, a one-off. Yep. And like a secondary, proper secondary character, like yeah. a recurring character. Yeah. No, and I liked the movie phone plot. Mm-hmm. I liked at the end when Mr. Movie Phone makes an appearance. Yep. Yeah, that's a good I like Kramer's fear. That was funny. It's yeah. Just on the couch. <laughs> unsure of what to Hides do. under the coffee table. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, no, I, I liked... I liked. Oh, look, you're right. I think Elaine and Susan's plots... You know, they should have done something a bit more. Um, but, yeah, no, I really liked it, and I liked George. I think one of George's finest moments. Okay. The worlds are colliding. Fair enough. When he mentions it to Jerry. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah, number 17 for me, in the middle. Cool. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah, I liked it. Do you have any uh, Seinfeldisms this week? Uh, I do, actually. Uh, I, I put it on our Instagram probably a couple of weeks ago. I know it's a bit late to the party, but uh, went to get some bubble tea. My partner and I love bubble tea. We have a place down the road we go to to get it. Mm-hmm. They had a milk can, tea. Sorry, can you explain to me what... I think I know what bubble yeah, tea it's, is, but it's, uh, Bubble sure. tea is like a Chinese... It's like standard tea. It's usually oolong or one of those kind of other teas and you mix it with milk or you mix it with other kind of liquids mm. and uh, they put it in some machine and they process it like they shake it and then it's like a like a drink like okay. a milky drink right yeah like a tea milkshake or yeah something? On, it's not thick like a milkshake it's just like milk with tea and you add things like jelly or okay. um, you know gelatinous pearls or you oh, add are they those things they're like yeah they sit down the bottom that's and right like little yeah that's oh, right okay. jellies or pudding or whatever you want yeah, yeah. Oh. anyway one of the flavours they have got like standard flavours with nothing in them Ovaltine nice yeah so I took a photo and I put it up on Insta yep yeah should have been called round. They should have called it round tea. Yeah, round tea milk tea. Nice. That's nice. what Banya would have had drunk. He yeah. would have had. He would have had one. Should have called it jelly teen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pearls. <laughs> These are made of jelly. <laughs> These are pearls. Nice. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah. So on the weekends, this weekend, uh, it was actually on Good Friday. I was having. I was at a friend's place, and we were just talking about a whole bunch of random stuff. And the conversation turned to shaving different parts of body hair. Just oh boy! About regrowth and just all <laughs> all, all all the aspects of shaving. Nice. And uh, a friend of mine, Will, he uh, mentioned that he'd started shaving his chest. And, uh, he actually said he's not even a Seinfeld fan. It wasn't a deliberate uh, reference or anything nice, like that. Nice, nice. And he said that he had to. He didn't shave all of it like Jerry does. Uh, which was uh, it's actually in the muffin tops, which we've covered. That's right. Way back in season one, I think, from memory. Uh, I think it was season two. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so in the episode, Jerry begins to shave his chest, and then it's sort of uneven, and That's he right. keeps going down, and he gets to a point where he's like, "Well, I can't have to shave the whole thing now." That's right. And then he needs to maintain it for his girlfriend because she thinks he's hairless, and it gets itchy, and he loses his mind, and he basically turns into a werewolf. Oh, yeah. So that a, feels simi- good. a similar thing happened to Will. He didn't have to to to, ha- to shave his whole chest, um, <laughs> but he he sort of went a lot. I think he just wanted to shave. Um, you know, maybe he was wearing a low cut t shirt or something, and he just wanted to shave a bit just so it was a bit less hairy and it kind of looked uneven and he shaved down a bit. I don't know how far he got down. <laughs> I didn't ask him that. Yeah. But it just, I just thought it was a funny situation. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, really good. Oh, really good. Yeah. Nice and just, just by accident as well. I did mention Seinfeld. And he's like, I, I, he knows what Seinfeld is, but he doesn't watch the show. But that's what Seinfeld-isms are about. Yeah. A lot of them are just random. Like just, just accidental uh, you know, similarities yeah. to the show, yeah. Like me looking at the bubble tea menu. It's like, Ovaltine. Hmm. Are you for real? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Could have been Milo or you know, other kind of, another chocolate drink but no it was Ovaltine well, hmm. alright sick hmm. I'll take that <laughs> <laughs> nice we got a bit of uh, listener mail today so uh, let's jump into it huh sure when you control the mail you control information so yeah a couple of bits of listener mail so uh, we mentioned our 50th episode 
of Bibblebass that we did, the contest at George's Bar in Melbourne, uh, we actually have a comment on our YouTube page uh, for the particular video. Uh, it's from Mark Swisher. He says, keep it up, guys. You and Signcast have it covered. Oh boy, we're in the same name as we're in the same sentence as Signcast. Same boat. Same, same boat. Yacht. Yeah, because he he says he's a yacht delivery captain and he listens to our show during his night watches. Huh. Fabulous. It's kind of romantic in a way, you know. He's out out at I just imagine him out at sea, you know, miles from land, lonely. Yeah. And, you know, it's just our you know subtle uh, <laughs> succulent tones keeping him uh, keeping him company. Us talking shit. That's yeah. great. So if it's if it's not as romantic as that, I'm sorry if that sounded creepy, but let me have that image, okay? Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. Yeah, no, yeah, I appreciate that's it. That was a great uh, little. Yeah, that was just that was nice to read. Yeah, that was very nice. That's I was cool. very happy with that. Yeah, very cool. good. Uh, we got an email also from uh, Michael from England. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, well, it's actually a Facebook post. Uh, hey guys, loving the show. Uh, I don't know if you've already mentioned this on the podcast because he hasn't caught up with the latest episodes as yet uh, at the time of recording." Uh, but he's, he gave us an interesting article where Jerry and Jason, Alexander, they're doing the characters on comedians in cars getting coffee. Mm. It's uh, from IndieWire.com. Okay. Actually, we'll put the link on the show notes. It's yeah. very funny. I watched it. Still haven't watched it. Yeah. I, I should get around to it. And Newman makes a cameo as well. Oh, awesome. It's, so, it's from a few years ago. It's a bit of an oldie, but it's very good. Very yeah. funny. Good yeah. to revisit. It's perfect. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. They just like bicker and they argue the whole yeah. time. It's typical, great. Typical Jerry George. Yeah. It's great. Awesome. Yeah. Nice one. Nice. Uh, to finish off this week, before we uh, sign off, uh, we'll do Seinfeld here. So we're recording today, Monday, April 2. Uh, and in case you didn't know Seinfeld here, we've got a desktop calendar here. And uh, every day there's a, a little tidbit or a little trivia fact to do with Seinfeld. And we always read the fact of the day of recording. So uh, today's is when Castle Rock offered Tom Sharon's a director position and a producer credit for the first four episodes of Seinfeld. He took the job for one reason. For the first time, he had creative freedom. NBC demanded the show be shot before a live audience, but Sharon's liked the idea of making it look uh, it look as unsitcom-like as possible, and no one seemed to be watching him too closely. He had worked for productions as diverse as Mr. Rogers, uh, sorry, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and National Geographic. He wasn't locked into the sitcom mindset when he came to when it came to visuals, and now he had plenty of room to play. Oh yeah, yeah. So cool. it kind of brought a different uh, philosophy and approach to Seinfeld. Very you know, nice. One of the uh, things that made it so good and so different. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the way it is. That's you know, right. Seinfeld has evolved over the over the time. That's true. Yeah. That's true. For sure. Uh, and before we, I do mention next week's episode, yep. I'd like to mention that I have released my brand new podcast. Yeah. So it's an interview podcast. I chat to very interesting people about their projects, passions, organizations, occupations, you know, the niche, more niche, the better, or whatever you're doing. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll put links to that in the show notes, so be sure to subscribe. Uh, it's on Podbean and Apple Podcasts, and, uh, yeah, be sure to check it out. The first two episodes are up, uh, and episode three will be up later this week. Cool. Probably a couple of days after we put this one up. And what's it called, Ivan? It's called In Melbourne Last Week. Nice one. With me, with my full name, Ivan Pugerny. Nice one. Yeah. Awesome. I, uh, you know, had some early... Uh, privileges and I listened to both episodes and they're both really great. So yeah, thank you, thank yeah, you very much. It's very genuine, genuine uh, applause and genuine encouragement to to, to listen yourself. Yeah, so be sure to have Bidwell Bask and in Melbourne last week. Uh, if you want to hear more of Ivan's <laughs> docile tones? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> or just more interesting people than me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're just bums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So next week we're off to the opera. Can't wait. Ah, I know. Crazy Joe Davola is a clown. <laughs> Polly Archie. Yeah, that's it. I That'd really want to. I really want to see. I don't really 
care much about opera or theatre, but I really want to watch Poliarchi purely because of this episode. Yeah, just go on YouTube and watch it. Okay, oh. that's true. Yeah, there's probably a taped performance somewhere. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait. The opera next week. That's it. Shall be a good one. You can listen to us at, yeah, I guess Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Anywhere you anywhere. get your podcasts. We're everywhere. We're on social media at Bidwell Bask and we have a website. We do, bidwabas.com and uh, an email address. So say hello, uh, bidwabaspodcast uh, at gmail.com. Yes, and we have a few exciting tidbits coming up in the next few weeks. So uh, stick around, follow us on socials, and uh, we'll tell you all about it. A few surprises coming up. Indeed. Until next week, uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you all at the opera. Thank <laughs> you.